know, I guess another piece of advice I would give is if you are a designer or, you know, creative type person, definitely think about what you could create and sell as a digital product. Because that's been my funnest, like, you know, fairly passive income this year because I didn't spend any time working on my font this year. Welcome to Design Live, a show about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name's Charlie. My name's Femke, and in this episode today, we're going to talk about our side income. Woot woot, money. Charlie, you actually, you just released your side income report for 2020 slash 2021, which is so great. You've been doing these for what, three four years now I think this is my fourth one yeah amazing I mean I think it's so cool that you're so transparent uh, with sharing these numbers so on behalf of the community thank you for doing that for so long well thanks right back to you because you also sent out an income report of your own earlier this year because unlike me you did it based on the calendar year I'm doing mine (laughs) on my accounting year so it's a little confusing but yeah in January you sent out an email with details on your side income that was also wonderfully transparent so thank you. Yeah, thank you as well. <laughs> yeah, well, we thought it's a good time to maybe go a little bit in detail and do a bit of a deep dive into our different kind of streams of income for our side hustles and yeah, talk about the growth that we have had or that you have had, especially in this last year, Charlie. I'm super excited to go into that. Uh, but before we dive into that, let's do a quick check in. How are things going? What are you up to? Things are going. They're going along. I'm realizing that it is, as we're recording this, the like end of June, pretty much. Uh, like, where's half this year gone already? It is wild. I wanted this to be the year that I published, like self-published, essentially, my book about marketing design. And guess what? That book is still very much not even got a full draft. So there's a lot of work to do on that. And that's what I want to spend. Like, I want to just get back into consistent writing over the next few months. That's my goal. I feel like it's been a good like six months of the year so far, trying different things and making stuff. But I, as always with me, I lose focus on the long term in favor of the like shiny short term, like right. dopamine hit of launching a video and getting views and that sort of thing. So yeah, that's that's what I need to get back to focusing on. I'm feeling very guilty about it lately. Yeah, I mean, you had a really good like period there where you did write very consistently, right? I feel like earlier this year. I know. I was writing every day at the start of the year and then I like just fell off the wagon of it after the first like two (laughs) months, which I feel like, I mean, it's so freaking cliche for New Year's resolutions that you say you're going to do a thing and then like in February you stop. (laughs) There's a reason it's cliche though. It's because it's really hard (laughs) to keep going. Yeah. (laughs) What about you? Yeah, I mean, for me, I just got back from a week vacation, actually, which was lovely. We did a week camping around Ontario and Quebec, so just locally doing some camping, which was so nice. We hadn't been since September, and because of the lockdowns, camping wasn't allowed until, like, we left the day after camping was allowed. You were like, camping's allowed, off to the forest. (laughs) We're going, basically, immediately. So, yeah, the campgrounds were, like, really quiet, um, but it was super nice to just chill and enjoy the warm weather and kayak on the lake and hike and, yeah, fun to bring Kaya, our dog, as well. It was her first time camping, so that was really fun. Oh, and the pictures were amazing. I loved loved seeing them on the Instagram. 
Yes, it was super fun. Speaking of, of summer and, you know, having other things to do, should we tell the people that we're actually going to take a break from this show for July and August? So this is going to be your last episode of Design Life for the next few months. We've just decided that, you know, we've been podcasting for I don't even know how many years now. Many, uh, many years. Six? Like has it been oh my gosh I was gonna say four but yeah you're probably right it's probably closer to six <laughs> and every now and then we've skipped weeks but we've never really taken like a purposeful long break before so that's what we're gonna do for the next two months fam and I are going to put our efforts into well whatever the heck we feel like I'm actually <laughs> going to be taking a, a, a break from making videos for a while too sending a newsletter as well just to well like I said put some more focus time into the book but also just into summer as well. Yeah, I feel really overdue for like, even though I just got back from vacation, this sounds so lush, but like I feel really overdue for like a long break and just sort of not having to think about consistently creating content every week. So I think I'm going to keep doing videos, but I've been saying no to like any new brand collaborations or like sponsorship opportunities for the summer because I don't want that pressure of like, having to hit a deadline for a client or you know working on that kind of stuff so I might still create content but for me at least it's just like for myself no extra pressure so yeah we will be back with this podcast in September I guess yes but we're gonna get into our side hustle side project income today it might actually be interesting to talk about them what taking a few months off like what impact that could have on side hustle income. I guess we can see in next year's reports, but True. yeah, for now we're going to go look back in, into the past of what we earned over the past year in 2020 for FEM in the past, like, you know, sort of 12 month time period for me. Um, and yeah, I think that, I think that this would be good because there's lots of, there's lots of stuff to dig into in both of our reports really, which is exciting. Should we start with the income streams that we have? Yes. Do you know how many income streams you had, Fem? Yes. So I bucketed all of my side income into four different streams. Uh, that is sponsorships, consulting, public speaking, and affiliate. Those were kind of my four income streams. What about you? I had, I'm just on my report right now trying to count. So it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh my gosh. Uh... Eight, nine, ten. Wow, Charlie. Eleven, twelve. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can you please tell us what those yep. all were? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so my report was actually for my my overall income, so I included work in there as well. But those twelve that I discounted were just for side hustles. Right. So I put them into three categories: content, memberships, and products. Within content was by far the biggest category. Like eighty-eight point eight percent of my side hustle income was in this. And that is video sponsorships, Google AdSense, affiliate links, hosting content. So like making videos for other people's YouTube channels, um, speaking engagements, our podcast sponsorship, and also a channel sponsorship, which I've counted as different from a video sponsorship. In a sponsored video, you're generally working with a brand to communicate a message about their product in a video. But my channel sponsorship is with Figma and they are just like a supporter of Charlie and Rue TV. So right. their logo is in the intro and they're linked in the description, but it's different from video sponsorship in that I'm not running the video by them. I'm not got messaging points I need to hit. I don't even need to freaking mention Figma in the video. So <laughs> yeah, I counted that as a different stream. So that is, what are we up to? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Then within membership, I have 
my own Patreon, our Design Life Patreon, and then Twitch was a new one over the oh, past year. Oh, yeah. And then for product income, I have my font that I sell digital copies of. And then I think we made like two sales of a Design Life pin. Oh. <laughs> uh, and so that is in there as well as the final stream of income. <laughs> I love it. It's a, I'm looking at your report and it's like 17 pounds we made on yep. pins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's just like my half of the pins as well. So... Oh, funny. Yeah. So I didn't include any of the design life, like income in my income report, like for context, for listeners, most of that, if not all of it, I think goes through your business, right? Yeah. So I don't really oversee much of it. So I didn't include it in mine, but it's cool to see it in yours. Yes. And like, side note, now we're just doing like admin on the, on the air, but you need to send me an invoice so that I can pay you your share of all this stuff. (laughs) Yeah. That feels really overdue. (laughs) Yes, it does. Uh, Anyway, from your income streams, what was the, the biggest for you? Like what was the most lucrative? Oh yeah, definitely sponsorships. And Mm -hmm. I, I didn't, break mine down as granular as you did although I might start doing that because that seems pretty useful but for me sponsorships were any kind of like uh, collaboration brand opportunity so maybe it's like a fully dedicated video on my YouTube channel about a brand that they've paid for or maybe it's like a shout out like a kind of integrated ad in a video it might even be a sponsored tweet or an Mm -hmm. Instagram post Ooh, I would love to see that broken down. Yeah, I didn't break that down. Yeah, I feel like that would be really interesting to potentially do for next year. I just kind of lumped any kind of like brand sponsorship into one bucket. And that was definitely my biggest bucket. At a guess, it looks like it was maybe 55% of my total income. Yep. My biggest bucket, I didn't calculate it based on the total side hustle income. Um, which wait on, we, should we say what that was to start with? So my, my side hustle income over the past year was 41,580 pounds. And, uh, let me do a quick, like us dollar conversion because that's where most of our listeners are. That is true. I will do the same. (laughs) So that is about 57,738 ish USD according to today's exchange rate. Nice. Very nice. So for me, my total side income was 26,000 Canadian dollars. I only started earning side income in May of 2020. So it's a bit less than a calendar year. And that is about 20,000 USD for context. Nice. I'm really looking forward. Are you going to do another report at the end of this year? Oh, yes. And I will like hint that we're in end of June 2021 right now. And I've already surpassed what I made last year. So Nice. It's going to be more. <laughs> nice work, girl. Yeah. And mine, um, that 41,580 pounds that I said was like 112% growth on Woo. last year for me. So like now this is the second year of your reporting. I'm excited to see you report on, you know, that growth percentage as well. It's going to be cool. Yeah. How did you double it? Like, do you have any, mm. any theories or insights into what kind of led to that huge growth? Yep. I think honestly, the number of streams that I had was a part of it, you know, rattling off those 12. Yeah. It's like if I had, uh, I don't know, you could say if I just focused on one or two, maybe I could have dove deep in them. But I do feel like I went as deep with each of them as I wanted to go. Um, so, yeah, adding more opportunities like speaking, like hosting content for brands. Right. The podcast sponsorship selling a digital product, like all of these things, it all adds up, even though individually it might be not very much money. Um, 
my by far as well the biggest overall like bucket from my side hustle income was the channel sponsorship with figma right that was a huge thing um like yeah a big big part of doubling it it almost by itself equaled the previous year's earnings it was like eighteen thousand eight hundred and thirty seven pounds which oh my gosh this is gonna get annoying to have to keep translating it isn't it twenty six thousand one hundred fifty seven usd and yeah so that by itself was was a huge chunk obviously yeah um and that also meant it was steady consistent income as well you know it's like every month figma pays me to support my channel um so that was that was nice and like that money pretty much i think it totally covered my video content creation expenses for the year essentially like it was close to being exactly the same um as i spent on producing my content i earned from the figma sponsorship which was what i had in mind when i took it on i was like okay this is gonna pay for my editing right this is the purpose of it yeah yeah should we talk about expenses for a second because i feel like let's do it whenever you hear these like total you know gross income kind of figures it's like wow they made that much money but of course you and i know that we have expenses to create and run all of this content um so yeah can you share a little bit more about the expenses that you had yeah, so I had about nineteen thousand eight hundred pounds in expenses, so that's like twenty seven thousand four hundred and ninety four USD, and the majority of it came from video editing. Um, I'm just gonna speak in pounds from now on. You you can get the, the, <laughs> it from there. About about eight thousand three hundred pounds I spent in the year on video editing and also hiring Austin Sailor to animate an intro for uh, Inside Marketing Design as well. And then the next bigger bucket for me was VAs. This is something I started later. Well, yeah, I think it was like in the second half of last year. So uh, that's not a full year worth of VA costs. So it'll be interesting to see that in my next report. But that was £3,377 spent on assistance, basically getting help managing my content with my bookkeeping and that sort of thing. Those are the biggest buckets. Yeah. I had around 7,600 Canadian dollars of expenses. That's around 6,000 USD, I believe. And a lot of that was what I bucketed as professional services, which is basically like freelancers, like video editing. I have someone helping me create Instagram content, etc. So yeah, same like VA basically and getting people to help and like edit all of my content. That was definitely like, 80% of my expenses and then the rest was uh, software costs so any like subscriptions I have or you know software and things that I pay for that was kind of the last 20%. Nice yeah my software was 2,439 pounds which I think is a crazy number and I'm like what the heck am I paying for? It's expensive when you add it up I know right? (laughs) It really is yeah. Uh, I did have a Webflow e-commerce store until recently so that was like a pretty expensive thing like it's a pretty expensive way to run an online store especially for what I was doing with it so yeah um, I have since reduced that and now I just use ConvertKit to sell my font makes uh, sense so that should help for next year's report <laughs> totally as you took a look at your income fam as you were sitting down to put it all together for this report or maybe as you've been you know looking at it um, in preparation you know keeping an eye on things for next year's what has surprised you the most I think like I've been experimenting a little bit more with different income streams this year uh, and you clearly have been doing that with your 12 different uh, (laughs) streams, which I'm super curious about because 
I don't know. I feel like originally I like for 2020, I was like, this is an experiment. You know, I've never made side income before. Like, let's just try making money one way, like with the, the sponsorships. Um, let's try that and see how that goes. And obviously that went well. And so I started adding other things like, oh, maybe I can get some like small affiliate pocket change. So I added that on. Uh, and then I was like, maybe I can do some mentoring. So I added that on as well. And I don't know, I'm I've been curious like this year trying to experiment a little bit with different income streams. I feel like in the past I've been very like, I'm going to intentionally create this product or this service and it's going to be like this official income stream. And I don't know, now I've been kind of dabbling a little bit in different things like the job board, for example, um, that I I think I've talked about before uh, and you know, seeing how that goes. I also did a workshop a couple of weeks ago. Um, we did that event together, I think back in February, right? Like one-off events and things like that, where, I don't know, I've just been experimenting and seeing, obviously that's not like sustainable, consistent, passive income, but I think it's still interesting to to experiment with those kinds of things. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like no income is truly passive, right? <laughs> like, yeah, even even AdSense, which my earnings from YouTube ads come from my old videos because I don't have the ads turned on anymore. But I still had to make those videos right. <laughs> in order for to get the AdSense on them. And I still have to keep like feeding the YouTube algorithm with new videos right. so that it'll recommend my old stuff. So it's not, yeah, I don't know. Nothing is truly, truly passive, I don't think. Yeah. I feel like I am also, I've been very smart or cautious, I guess, over the last year of like only hiring help and like those professional services and freelancers if I have the income to cover it. So for example, some of the videos I do are not sponsored videos, right? Like they're just a video that I want to create and put on my channel. And so I haven't gotten those edited by an editor because I'm like I'm not making money from this video to then be able to afford quote unquote like paying for an editor to spend money on it yeah yeah right so I've been like editing them myself um, but I'm getting to a point where it's like getting to be too much work so I'm kind of like trying to figure out well how can I make enough income in my other areas to then be able to afford or like invest into content that I'm not generating income from if that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to get out of that, like how to break out a little bit of like creating content for money and using that money to create the content to like creating content that I'm getting paid to create and be able to use that income to create mm-hmm. other content. Um, yep. I'm guessing you're at that point where you can do that, but I'm not quite there yet with the content that I create. Yeah, so for me, like I said, the, the Figma channel sponsorship right. covers most of the costs, but there's definitely like there was enough in everything else that I earned as well to cover it too if I, you know, if I didn't have that. Right. And I think that's smart. A smart way to go about it is to think about your content as like, okay, how can I earn money through my content so that I can invest more into it? Yeah. Because, you know, you asked how I grew my income that 112% from my side hustles in the past year and the income streams and the channel sponsorship was part of it, but definitely hiring help was a big part of it uh-huh. as well. Like I couldn't have made as many videos as I made in the past year if I wasn't outsourcing the editing. Sure. And if I wasn't outsourcing the content uploading and management side of things, like, you know, I decided to hire help because I was at a stage where 
um, well, I decided to hire editors because I was at a stage where I had footage sitting on my hard drive mm-hmm. that I'd filmed and not edited. And I was like, ah, I just need to get this out. I'm going to hire someone. Yeah. And the same thing started to happen with uploading. I was like, well, I've got this video back from Nancy, my editor, but I haven't like made the thumbnail and written the description and uploaded it and gotten it ready to share. Like that just feels like a lot of work. Right. And so, yeah, I outsourced that part of things. So now things can run along much smoother and I've been much more consistent with videos because of that, which is, you know, helped with, with everything else, um, all the other income streams, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. I feel like I'm trending towards that point. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm uh, just trying to be cautious about like not overspending basically and like paying for everything like paying for everything to like help when I'm not like generating income from it if that makes sense so yeah yeah that makes sense for sure and I think another reason like another thing you're doing well as well as having that mindset towards it is you started creating and then you decided how you you, like figured out how you're going to earn yeah I think that it's a, there's a big difference and like, sure, you can do it. If your goal is to make money from creating, you can start with that in mind and, you know, find some success with it. But when you're doing what we do, which is, you know, building a personal brand essentially and building like your personal reputation is what a brand is paying for when they want to sponsor a video, for example, it's really important to like be genuine and be like just <laughs> genuinely there to teach or share or entertain or whatever it is that you do. Um, and so approaching it like that from the start uh, is a real help as well. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't make a single cent from my YouTube channel or any of my videos until after a year and almost a year and a half after I started creating content on YouTube is mm-hmm. when I then was at a point where I was getting organically the like brand requests right or the sponsorship opportunities organically that I got to a point where I was like okay maybe I'm maybe I'm ready for this and this is like a good next step yep and that maybe it's time to explore it that makes sense yeah yeah um is there anything that surprised you about my report I'm curious to know I mean, the amount of income streams you have. Yeah, that like, <laughs> how how do you manage all of that, I guess, is my question. And like, are you are you interested in trying to like consolidate that and, and reduce that down? Or are you kind of embracing all of these different streams? You know what? Honestly, I'm looking to expand on it. I <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah, there's definitely some streams that I focus on more than others. Like, um, and you know, some, some just like, I, I get whatever comes like affiliate links, for example. Right. I don't invest a lot of time and effort into that. I'm sure I could be a lot more successful with it if I did, but I just sort of remember to use my affiliate link wherever I'm talking about a relevant product. Right. Um, and you know, that generates what it generates. Video sponsorships. I see what comes into my inbox. I don't tend to reach out and try and source those yeah. personally. Actually, a lot of things feel very passive, like speaking opportunities and content hosting as well is just if a brand requests it, you know, um, that's or, or a conference requests it, that's when I'll consider taking it on. So they're not things that are weighing on me all the time, if that makes sense, or mm-hmm. that I'm constantly working on. I just sort of see, see what arises. And that's what I want to keep doing is seeing what arises for everything here, but also yeah, choosing some to invest in. So I have also started a job board, like on the same service that you have. Maybe we can link to both of our job boards in the description. Because FEMS is one to go to if you want to hire anyone for product. And mine is the one to go to if you want to hire anyone (laughs) for marketing and growth side of things. So between us, we've got it covered. um, Totally. (laughs) Whatever type of designer you're hiring. 
Um, yeah, so I'm trying that. I'm also going to try coaching, starting that to, to sort of go Yay. along with the job board to try and be like, okay, if you're looking for a job, yeah. here's a list of jobs. And also let me coach you on right. like your application, your portfolio, like what you actually want out of your career so we can pick the right path moving forward. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Try a bit of that. Um, hoping to launch the book, like I said, <laughs> and that that would be income as well. Yeah. So that's, you know, three more planned streams that um, I want to add and I'll see what else comes up throughout the year, you know, yeah. for, for other things. Yeah, I am going to be adding my community at some point, which I know I've mentioned on the mm-hmm. show a few times that for me, that um, has been like one of the goals of that is to have like that new income stream that's like consistent sort of monthly recurring revenue so to speak um so that's kind of my goal with that the mentoring that i have been doing um has been great financially however i have come to learn that it doesn't scale at all because it's like because right, there's only one of you <laughs> yeah like somebody has to book a session and i show up and i do that session uh, and i only have so many slots of availability in a month so like it's, there's a cap on it. It doesn't really scale unless I increase my prices every month, which I'm not doing. But so, yeah, I'm I'm wanting to focus more on the community to have that more like monthly recurring revenue and something that can scale a little bit easier rather than relying on the mentoring to kind of be that. Yeah, that makes sense. And I like that you're not just raising your prices because yeah, that's no. another thing I'd <laughs> say about the way that both of us approach our income streams is it's, I don't know, the point of our side hustles is not to make money still yeah you know yes we should we should reiterate that <laughs> yes we're not trying to like squeeze the lemon of this audience or whatever for whatever we can it's for me it's like a um it's fun to see like okay what can we try so fun it's like a big experiment <laughs> yeah it is it's a big experiment and it's making things and it's even better when the making things leads to money you know mm-hmm. that's the approach i'm taking and i'm i don't know just trying to keep it light i guess um because yeah. we're in a good position having these as side hustles because we don't have the pressure of needing to make money from them to cover the bills and things very like that. true yeah so it it does give you more freedom to try things that could completely fail or uh you know say no to things or just spend time on something that doesn't earn you any money because it's, it's what you would prefer to be doing yeah um and that's that's cool too so yeah i i like the way that i'm approaching it right now because of that totally yeah the the income is definitely like a side effect of just creating content and connecting with my audience and teaching and and learning also myself along the way so yeah it's it's fun and i'm excited and looking forward to sharing my growth for next year yes i can't wait to read your next year's report it's going to be super interesting um i'm curious to know more about the affiliate side of things for you yeah because um, I have sort of four different affiliate income sources that, mm-hmm. you know, I actually own anything from. I have Webflow, which is probably the most like lucrative for me is uh, my Webflow affiliate link. I have Amazon, which I feel I'm in two minds about how I feel about being part of that affiliate <laughs> program. Um, I've sort of stopped linking out to Amazon links in a lot of places. I don't know. Just, yeah, whatever. We'll move on. I have Treehouse, which is an online code school. And that's a really good affiliate program because I'm pretty sure they still anyway give you a like affiliate kickback if someone signs up for a free trial. Oh, that's generous. Like not even if they pay. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, um, then I have one called The Contract Shop, which offers templates for different sorts of freelancing design 
contracts. That's my that's my four yeah. that makes up my affiliate income. What 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 have you found works well? Yeah, so mine are actually a mix of software and tools, like similar to what you just talked about, but also courses. So I've kind of been partnering with people who have made courses relevant to design and promoting their course in exchange for like an affiliate um, kickback, which has been more lucrative than the software and tools. I will say there's like larger opportunity, like larger commission opportunity um, because courses, I mean, you know, someone might only spend like $30 on a subscription to a tool, but a course could be like hundreds if not thousands, so suddenly 15% or whatever, you know, adds up to be quite a bit more. So yeah, I'm definitely finding more success in those like affiliate partnerships that are for courses as opposed to tools and software. Cool, good tip, good tip. I'm gonna keep my eye open for for things like that. Yeah, I can share some of them with you later on. I, I feel like it's also very relevant for my audience, like more relevant, you know, sharing these courses because a lot of people ask me for my recommendation on like how to learn design or where to get started or do I have a recommendation of a course Uh, and so I think I have like four or five that I just consistently kind of promote that of course I've vetted myself I think they're great courses and I love the creators behind them so yeah it's kind of a win-win. Yeah that's the thing with uh, with courses is that I always want to make sure that or anything I recommend, you know, yeah. that I can personally stand behind it totally as well. So maybe that's why it just feels like a lot of work to vet a course. Um, so maybe that's why I haven't looked into it. I don't know. But that's cool. Good to hear. Yeah. I mean, I don't like intentionally go like and find a course that I can partner mm-hmm. with. It's, it's like if it comes up. Yeah. Like, you know, I already follow this creator or I'm already familiar with their course or something. And it just feels like a good fit to promote it to my audience. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So what new streams will we see, do you think, in your next year's report? So you've said the job board, the community, is there anything else? Yeah, so I've also recently been doing content hosting where you're creating content for others. I've been doing that recently. I started doing that, creating videos for uh, Framer on their channel. So that's something new that I did not do in 2020. So that's an additional thing you'll probably see. Um, I'm trying to think if there is anything those are the main ones I think that, um, oh, I guess also like I've been doing workshops. Uh, yes. I didn't do that in 2020. So there's like more one-off kind of live events or workshops. Um, there'll be a little bit of that as well. Cool. Yeah. Like I said, looking forward to seeing it. Do we have any advice we want to close with of anyone else looking to um, any other designers in particular listening, wanting to earn money from their side hustles? Yes, I think. (laughs) Question mark? (laughs) I mean, I don't know if it's advice as much as like what's just worked well for me is like kind of letting this happen organically. Like I said, it wasn't until I started getting these organic requests of like, hey, we want to work with you or we want to sponsor your content or is there an opportunity to collaborate or partner that I started considering these opportunities. Not to say, I think there is a world where like you could be more intentional about it and do like outreach, like if that's your goal from day one. Um, But what's worked well for me is like having that be a lot more organic. And then I think another like feels like is really obvious to state, but another piece of advice is that you should only really engage with brands or do these collaborative opportunities with you know, things that you vet or that you can stand behind, right? Um, like you were talking about earlier, Charlie, like you want to make sure that you believe in the course that you're promoting or that yeah. like you think 
this is a great design tool, so you're going to make a video about it. Um, I think it can get really easy, especially early on, to say yes to opportunities, even when you're, you know, don't quite believe in it. Maybe the money is, t you know, looks too good. Um, and so, I, I don't know, it's hard, but I try to stay away from that and only really say yes to opportunities that excite me or that I can personally stand behind or I feel really good about. Um, again, because I think you and I were in a privileged position where this is not our full-time income, so we can say no mm. and we can walk away from things. Um, but yeah, that would be my advice is to make sure that you are as much as possible where you can being authentic in the types of collaborations and opportunities you're engaging with. Yeah, because it's like, sure, taking that money in the short term, you know, like if you need it in the short term, freaking do your thing, man. Right. But like <laughs> if, you, if you take it in the short term, it could be at the expense of the reputation that you build in the long term. Exactly. So yeah, just keep that in mind and try not to be blinded by by the dollar signs offered up. I know it's it's really easy to feel flattered the first time a company offers you money, you know. I, I certainly have had my fair share of things that I you know, sponsorships in my early days of YouTube where I look back now and I'm like, oh, I would never take that on now. But <laughs> I did back then because I was like, oh, you want to pay me? Cool. Yeah, you know? totally. So that's fair enough. And I guess another piece of advice I would give is if you are a designer or, you know, creative type person, definitely think about what you could create and sell as a digital product. Mm -hmm. Because that's been my funnest, like, you know, fairly passive income this year because I didn't spend any time working on my font this year. And yet I earned um, 1,800 pounds. That's awesome. It. Yeah. So, you know, if you get something up for sale that is useful to people, then you could be making income from that. And it could be a fun place to start if you're a, a maker type yeah. of person, you know? Yeah. I mean, making a product has been something on my like side project list for like years and years. At this it was point. on mine for years too before I did it. Remember, <laughs> I would so talk on this work. podcast about making a font and then, you know, never actually do it until last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I will get there someday, I'm sure. Someday. All right. Well, this was a good chat, Pam. I enjoyed this. Thanks for, again, for like opening up all your yeah. side hustle income. <laughs> Where could people go to see yours i guess like did you post it on a blog or something or was it just your email list? i did not post it on a blog i did make a video about it however oh there we go let's yeah. link to your video so we'll link to my video i talk all through all of these different streams and, and expenses and things like that so that's probably the best place to go yep and i also did a video about mine which we can also link um and as well as seeing the detailed graphs on my blog yay cool well, where can people go to find more episodes of the show? Even though we just gave them a million other things. Yeah, that. you can go to designlife.fm. And again, we're taking a break for the next couple of months. So if you miss us and you miss the show, just go back and listen to the archive of like 200 plus episodes. Ooh, don't go back too far, though, because that could be embarrassing. That's true. Maybe <laughs> maybe start at like 150 or something. Yeah, um, yeah that sounds good. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at DesignLifeFM. And over the next couple of months, we're still checking our inbox. So if you have mm -hmm. topics, questions that come up that you'd love for us to talk about on the show, just send us an email or a tweet and we'll save those for when we come back. Yes, it'd be nice to come back to like a pre-written pre um, topic <laughs> list. So please send that through. We'd love to hear, hear what challenges you're facing. Cool. Well, happy summer, everybody. Happy summer. If it is summer for you. Or winter. I know that, uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, Northern Hemisphere people wrap up. Sorry that it's winter for you while it's summer for us. Um, yeah, have a good, have a good summer and, and we'll see you in a few months. All right. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.